3: Hey, this is Brian Reisman. Welcome to the 50th episode of Side Jams. I'm celebrating two years of in depth interviews with musicians about their hobbies and outside passions. Keep up with the show on Facebook and Instagram and through my Brian Reisman account on Twitter. You can also head on over to sidejams.com. Coming up, Gary Newman, Lee Aaron, jazz legend Bill Cobham, and many more.
1: Hi, this is Lee Aaron, and you're listening to Side Jams with Brian Reisman.
3: For five years now, British drummer Haley Kramer has been the propulsive percussionist behind Midwestern hard rock band Pop Evil. Her hard-hitting style serves as a strong backbone for the band's raucous anthems, and she also provides nuance for pop-inflected and ballad-oriented tunes. The group does have a diverse sonic template, as heard on their appropriately titled new album, Versatile. She also stands out as the lone woman and openly gay member of the quintet, and they are all united in their personal and political diversity. Haley played drums with McQueen and many other bands prior to enlisting in Pop Evil and she seems to have hit her stride with them. Outside of music and something which informs her presence in the group is Haley's passion for women's rights and LGBTQ rights. For this milestone 50th episode of Side Jams, which arrives at the start of Pride Month 2021, Happy Pride, our initial look into those topics expanded into a much broader discussion of sexuality, tolerance, how prejudice is taught, How we can reach out to people who don't share our beliefs, and how we can better engage in discussions that are about education and self-education, rather than defensive discourse. Haley also spoke about wanting to be a positive role model for women, although a big part of her feels that she should have been born a man. This is a really candid and enlightening conversation, where two people who find ourselves, like everyone else, constantly navigating through our ever-changing social landscape. The overarching theme for this interview, we're always learning. I distilled our 90 minute chat into a very focused hour long episode.
2: Thank you for taking the time to chat.
4: Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. I well,
2: was checking out the new album. I'm enjoying listening to your playing. I saw an interview with you where you're talking about Toto and Michael Jackson. Hmm. And I'm like, oh. it's interesting because the album starts off very aggressive, and then there's that whole middle section with a lot, songs that have a lot more groove to them, like Stronger, Raise Your Flag, Human Nature.
4: Yeah. yeah.
2: And obviously, there's a lot of influences as well. There's the hip hop, pop heavy rock
4: that's one of the reasons that i wanted to join pub evil to be honest with you is their their back catalogue and their versatility so to to quote their new album title versatile um that's one of the reasons i wanted to join on stage you can go from playing this really hard hitting yes almost robotic like power force to the really soft like um uh, if only for now, Pop Eagle. It's just the most delicate, gorgeous little ghost notes on the snare and this, this yeah, lovely, yeah. gorgeous groove. Um and, and, and that's why I love playing for them. Um and because of because that's what I love. But yes, I've grown up playing to Toto. Phil Collins, Michael Jackson. It it's just like you know, I love music. I love anything that grooves, anything that's got a great chord structure. Yeah. Anything that has that like little like juicy moment that just makes you move. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's like, you know, and that, yeah. happens, that happens in metal, rock, pop, funk, reggae. It happens in every genre. And, and, and if that happens, I'm down, I'm, I'm there for the groove, you know? So um, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of me in a nutshell.
2: Well, it's true. And, and and you're the lone Brit in the band, I think, right? You're British and everyone else, they're all American. And it's, it's, it's yeah. cool. But all my favorite metal bands tend to be like British metal. Well, of course the English invented heavy metal.
4: <laughs> like Danny from
2: Danny from Cradle's like I hate when people say the word Brit. I'm like, Oh yeah, I have to remember that. Mm. But I was we're Yanks.
4: Well, I and at know. the moment at the moment with all our Brexit stuff, it's all a bit of a all a bit of a weird thing. We all feel a bit weird, to be honest with you. We we, we uh,
2: how so? I mean other than the obvious uh, yeah. other than the obvious Brexit thing
4: <laughs> well you know it's, it's kind of like I'm 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 proud of where I came from but then I'm also like kind of ashamed in the same breath right now and a lot of things going on in England you know uh, the way we're dealing with black lives matter the way we're dealing with a lot of things I kind of um I feel a bit sad about to be honest with you um
2: well, Americans are feeling the same way. A lot of Americans are feeling like this is, this is... I mean, I grew up in the 80s. This is not the country I grew up in. Right. Maybe it is, and I'm finally seeing it for what it is.
4: Yeah, yeah.
2: But I don't feel like a majority of people are that way.
4: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I totally feel that. Like, so I live, in, I live in Hackney. and okay. If I step outside my front door, I walk into a hub of all different cultures, all different, everything, helping each other out, being there for each other. Yeah. Then I see what happens in the news pitting us against each other. And that really deeply upsets me. It, it really does because it doesn't reflect what the majority of us in London do. And I know things drastically need to change. But also I, I feel like some of the things we already have changed need to be celebrated.
2: Well, that's the thing. And I know that we were, for, I know for side jams, we were going to talk about, you know, your women's rights advocate and I always I always got the acronym wrong, LGBTQ. I'm
4: gay and I don't know the acronym. Okay. So let's clear that one up. Um, it's, a, it's, a I, good say, it's a
2: good, say that 10 times fast one. <laughs> and then, then I have to add the plus too at the end.
4: Oh gosh. I don't know where it's at right now. Um, But. What I do, uh, I, I'm looking forward to speaking about that stuff with you because knowing this interview was coming up, obviously at yeah. home, I was talking with my partner about it and um, we've had some great conversations uh, about our experiences and where we're at now, where we were at when we were like teenagers, um, where we've come, how, where we want to go. Um, yeah, let's, let's get into it, dude.
2: <laughs> it's interesting. I was thinking about it. I feel like there are more women in Heavy Rock than are, that are out than men. I feel like, you know, other than Rob Halford, you have only one. He's the only major metal icon. People say, like you have, say, Doug Pinnick from King's X and there's some other people. I know one of the members of Faith No More, I think, came out many years ago. But nobody on that level. Whereas mm. like, you know, you have Otep and Lizzie Hale talked about being either gay or bisexual. And it seems like it's same thing happened in the 90s. It was like Ellen DeGeneres came out, Melissa Etheridge. It seems like more women in Hollywood came out than men. Again, it felt like it was I don't know why.
4: It's interesting you should say that because um, I feel, yes, there are more women out than men. Um, but there are more men that need to come out. I know so many, I, I, yeah. I know quite a lot of people that are really struggling with coming out. Men struggling. In the, in the
2: music industry, not just in... Yes,
4: within the music industry. And yeah. um, it, why is that? I feel like potentially, and I know this is a controversial thing to say, I, I'm, I'm not hating on America. I'm really not, because I love America. Um But I think for men in America, uh, you are raised... Way more macho than possibly European men. Um, oh, yeah.
2: No, I, there's, a, there's a big... I've noticed that about the metal scene. I mean, I've often said that I think that the performers skew to the left and a lot of the audience skews to the right. There are a lot of liberal metalheads or centrist metalheads, but I've discovered more and more. I said to my friend mine, a friend years and years ago, I said, oh, you know, a lot of metalheads are Republicans. He's like, those guys? I'm like, just because someone has long hair doesn't make him a hippie.
4: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Post nine eleven, you began to see that more and more. I noticed that, that that came out. I began to become aware of that much more um, because if you think about the thrash metal of the eighties, and it was it was it was really anti Reagan and anti Gorbachev. Uh, it was mm-hmm. it, it was it was against it was anti nuclear war. It, it it looked at both sides cynically at r- mm-hmm. rulers in general cynically. Nine eleven happens, and suddenly there is this big sense of patriotism. You began to see things shift in America. Um, and you see it online you see it in all the vitriol that's being spewed out by people and and you've seen we've been we've gone off the deep end in the last year so <laughs> we have a lot of things to sort out I think the machismo is part of it um actually a big part of it I mean I think I don't know what how do you I, I wanted to ask you actually how do you view metal fans in Europe or Australia or other parts of the world compared to American ones do you find differences culturally
4: um I think uh that that's that's
2: It's a complicated question.
4: It's a tough one to answer because there's many layers to the onion. Um, I think Americans in general are more up for a party, and I love that.
2: (laughs) A lot of people love that, yeah. Uh,
4: Americans are much more vocal. So as far as being on stage, um, that makes me feel good. Yeah, I hear a crowd like whoa, yeah, um, that's great, you know. But uh, and Europeans are, are kind of much more reserved. They'll stand there and listen, and they'll stare at you intently.
2: Really, I thought that was the Japanese.
4: Oh, Japanese as well, but, but, but Europeans and then, and then when they're told to like put their fist in the air, they'll go, oh, really macho. Yes, 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 yes. We'll do as we're told. Um, but, but generally Europeans (laughs) are much more, um, stand and listen, uh, uh, I didn't, didn't think about that. Uh, and then that. also Australians, well, you'll find them at the bar getting a Foster's. <laughs> oh, so,
2: it's, so it's just like the commercials that we saw back in the 80s and <laughs> no, 90s, right?
4: I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But, but Australians are fun. <laughs> Australians are fun, but they're also a little bit more blunt than uh, English. So if I were to hang out with an Australian person, yeah. they really tell it as it is, as it is like blunt. English we kind of tell it how it has it as it is but 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 we maybe dart around the edges a little bit and you guys you guys everything. do it
2: in code
4: Americans are like everything's great everything's great yeah we're awesome this is great wow great day have a nice day um, so yeah it, it's like the, the, the three degrees of, of that yeah um, you know, so that, that's the differences. But I love that um, when I'm performing, uh, those different energies change the way you play. You know, um, I heard the I'm,
2: Brazilians are crazy. I heard Brazilians loved, loved rock and roll.
4: I would love to play in Brazil. Uh, I, I, I played in Mexico. That was great fun, but I'd love to venture further.
2: <laughs> it's interesting because you were talking about how American men are raised. I was reading, I read Rick Springfield's book few months ago because they did a mm-hmm. commentary for that movie Hard to Hold which was fun to watch that <laughs> now and what was interesting about it is he taught there was a lot of homophobia in Australia in the late 60s when he was there oh, I mean yeah. and also if you were a good looking guy like Rick Springfield and were a threat to other men you were also going to have the threat of getting beaten up because they didn't want the competition yeah. um, but there were they had he was one band I think that was a bit glammy and they were they kind of gave him an attitude they you know mm-hmm. some people even, I think even threatened them I was like really
4: yeah Yeah, Australia is a little bit, still a little bit um, behind. I I would say, you know, England's quite forward-thinking. We're not quite there yet. Australia is a little bit behind that. And then certain states in America are behind that. But then certain states in America are possibly ahead of England. know. Like,
2: well, New York and California, Massachusetts, I think you'll find. Yeah. What's interesting Those there are pockets, I think, like someone, I think they told me they were raised, it was either Chapel Hill or Winston-Salem. I think it's Chapel Hill. There's one of the two North Carolina cities that is actually very progressive and hippie-ish in a way. Mm-hmm. She literally said that. And then it was culture shock for her to leave that area and go somewhere else in this state and be like, oh, not everyone's like this. I have a, my old book agent is living outside of San Francisco and He's in this kind of liberal enclave. And so he really, they went to visit some in-laws and they got a taste of the the Trump America somewhere else. And he Mm. wasn't really aware of it. It was something simple. I think he's, you know, he was saying that he was, he was watching this six year old girl with her father and they weren't wearing masks. And the girl's asking her dad, you know, why is that man wearing a mask? And the guy's like, well, that man is just silly. I was like,
4: Mm -hmm. really? Okay. Then. I would say as a a gay musician, um, for me, touring around America really highlights the work I still need to do. I I love every state. And I love hanging out. Uh, this one, one of the things I love about my job is, is hanging out with people. Like, oh yeah. Like, where are you at? What, what's your life about? Like them, tell me your story. But sometimes I am a little shocked that I like, I, 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 I teach I teach kids in America, I I have um, online tuition right now and I'm I'm teaching kids and I'm teaching kids that are going through worrying about if they're gay and they're in a state that is just not supportive and Mm. having been there, I know it's not supportive and I know the struggle that they're going through and I just, like, I wish I could just beam them to my little town in London uh, for a minute to experience, yeah. like it is okay. Um, there are places in the world where you can be you, your your town just hasn't caught up yet. You know?
2: So you're counseling, <laughs> you're, you're counseling a lot of young people.
4: Um,
2: or is this part of your drum teaching as well? Or how does this all, is this a separate thing?
4: Um, you know, I, I, I've always taught drums alongside what I do. Um, so I like to play a part in helping out the youth. Because when I think back to when I was that age, I didn't really have anyone to call upon with, with the struggles I was going through. Like, uh, my mum and dad are fantastic. Yeah. Um, thank God, they're fantastic. But they didn't necessarily know about this kind of stuff um, and when I see drummers come through my my teaching um, uh, yeah i I can't help but just 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 slightly be there and just just say, "Hey, you know I see you um, I would never influence them um, yeah. because you know i'm I'm very aware of the power of being a musician in a rock band that is held on a pedestal. Um, so I never influence these 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 kids, but I also let them know that it's a safe space. You're all right, you know.
2: Well, people need that.
4: It can be you. Um, it, it's a tough one, though. You know, the fact that we're still here talking about this stuff is kind of frustrating.
2: Oh, believe me. It's, I mean, I, I sit here, I'm, I'm, I see interviews with you and I'm like, you know, I can't, can't believe in 2021. And I grew I'm a Gen Xer. I mean, I can't believe in 2021, we're still having a lot of these conversations about girl drummers, quote unquote. And um, it was interesting. I actually was, I don't know if you've seen, there's a lot of young women and teen girls online who do, they do a lot of, they do covers, but a lot of young drummers from between like, I think the ages of like maybe 14 and 25 who do just do a lot of covers and are getting a lot of attention. And it's cool because they're they're playing a lot of classic rock stuff, but they do it in their own style and they're and they're also learning and, and it's just because I know you talked about you didn't have that many role models for that when you were growing up mm-hmm. but I think now I'm doing I'm now and I'm thinking there are a lot more girls that are being supported that way and young women that are being supported that way
4: yeah yeah there's there's definitely more female drummers out there, but also I feel like there's a it's a very strange transition point we're going through um mm-hmm. With regards to uh, females in the industry uh, and females in the world, to be honest with you. Um there's 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 a, a sort of pool of women that are we can be anything we want to be, we can wear whatever we want to wear or wear nothing, and you know, and I and I struggle with that. I I, I still I still struggle with the revealing lots of your body um, yeah. to gain exposure. I I, I do, um, and maybe that makes me dated, I don't know. Um,
2: I'm sure it's an issue with girls that are 15, 18, women who are 20, I, I, 20 years old. I, I,
4: I, I saw a drum video the other day on Instagram and it was this like leotard thing that was like real, and bear in mind when you play drums, you have your legs open, okay? And and it was just it was very very revealing in the down there, and I just thought you know what this is just a bit too much, and I but but I possibly I should be supporting this girl because she's confident enough to do that. Sure, but then she, you know what stuff happens in the world where I I don't know whether you follow the English news, but you know a, a woman was abducted a town across from me last month and she she wasn't revealing herself you know so if you were I, I i i do struggle with with some of that
2: well there's always been a double and, standard with that and that goes even back to when i was growing up in the 80s having to wear really tight leather and being revealing and i mean i love the big hair and the leather and everything but i noticed that women got sexed up
4: yeah and th- and th- and, th- and this leads me to my my when i when i was learning to play drums I consciously said to myself, "Any job I get, I want to get it because the men in the room have closed their eyes, and the drumming was right yeah. for the project. And what you will see of my career always is that I neither dress overly feminine or overly masculine. And that was a conscious choice. Because if I went too butch, I would just be the dyke drummer. Mm. If I went overly feminine, oh, you're trying too hard. You want to sleep with everybody in the industry. So, you know, these things. and, And the thing is, that was, oh, my God, we're talking like 15 years ago now. And still to this day, I go through that. I think about those things. And I know drummers entering the industry are still thinking those things. So I want to change that. That is my life purpose, in a sense. Um, Any job that is... Okay. Weightlifting, men can lift heavier than women. Running, men can run faster than women. Cool. Down for that. Great. Wicked. Any job that is technically based and brain based, where women are even, I don't want women to think, I, I, I need to be better than the men to get this job, or I need the men to close their eyes and judge me. Just um, and 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 equally, there are other industries where I want men to be seen as equal to women. You know, it's it's it. Anything that is technically based and brain based, why can't it be a level playing field? Well,
2: again, this is the socialization we've gone through as we were talking about. It's the way we're raised and the expectations, which I think are changing, but
4: they are. We're getting there. We're getting there, but it's not there yet. And I I am slightly frustrated about that. Uh, The fact that I've been in the industry. 15 years plus, and I'm still talking about this. It's frustrating, but by God, I will talk about it every freaking day until the job's done.
2: That's cool. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Um, I I, I know you've you've probably had, I mean, the image thing is a problem. I almost, about 20 years ago now, I wrote a story for request magazine back when that existed. I talked about how a lot of pop stars, pop singers, female pop stars were, you know, posing on at the cover of Maxim FHM, you know, as or uh, they, they would be, in or do a feature inside as a ways of promoting their career, and it was happening more and more, especially in the wake of Britney Spears, really sexing up a lot of people. And I, and I interviewed Vanessa Carlton because she was not going to play into that. It was all about the music, which is what it should be. And then it was interesting. I got a letter from a woman who actually thought it was being sexist because well, women should be allowed to dress whatever they want and feel empowered. And I'm like, yes, that's true. You can do that. At the same time, a woman shouldn't have to feel she has to do that to feel empowered. Whereas like. Yeah, a lot of men are sexy, but majority of the times they're not taking off their shirts. You know, they're in good shape, but the men don't have to work nearly as much. They have to be stylish, but they don't have to. The sex appeal is different. Women get judged in a very different way. And what you're talking about, and even with some of these female drummers I found on YouTube, there's one that dresses in fairly skimpy outfits and and been in lingerie and stuff. And sometimes it's jeans and a t-shirt. Sometimes it's not. But those videos get 10, 20 million views. Right, yeah, you know, and and one guy even joked, so gentlemen, I see that the Google algorithms all brought us here again, uh, and I'm like, yeah, that's right. nothing wrong with being sexy, but that's also relative. So it's a tricky thing. Performers have to deal with this all the time.
4: You know what, you know what? I, I, I I relate this to I have to think about how I word this because I don't want to offend anyone, um, but you know what, I'm white, I'm blonde. So there's a big, massive part of my life where I know I can walk into any interview and anything, and I'm white and blonde, and I will probably get the job. Yeah. And for black people, it's very, very different. Now, in my life, it's not as bad as that. It's not quite as extreme as that. But my, my course in life is obviously to fight for gay people, trans people, you know, female musicians. That's, 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 my, that's my path. It's still the same. If I, if I walk into an audition room, I am already, before I've even put one toe in the door, yeah. thinking I've got to be better than the men, When does a man walk into a room and go, I've got to be better than the women? Exactly. Never. Maybe in a ballet circumstance. But never. Like, like not in normal life. Like, you don't walk into an interview room and go, I've got to be better than the women. No. But women walk into interview rooms and women walk into uh, audition rooms having to be in their minds. I've got to be better than the men. Yeah, you know, and, and 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 that does directly relate to the Black Lives Matter. I can't imagine what it feels like as a black person to walk into an interview, knowing that you've got a stream of like 10 white people behind you that will probably get the job. And it sucks. And we have to change the world. We have to change the world. All of us. It's
2: going to be gro- it's uh, it's growing pains. I mean, I think about. And my mother's a Cuban refugee, so I grew up in the liberal northeast, quote unquote. My mom didn't talk about racism growing up. She didn't. I mean, if she thought we were saying something or she, we heard something that was prejudicial, she would correct us on that. Um, that didn't really happen very much because we had my mother was also welcoming. We would we would make friends with anybody who was like the new family in town. So whether it was the Norwegian family, the Mexican family, Australian, the kid from Indiana. You know, we always made friends with new people. And my mom had an accent. And it didn't really occur to me until I was an adult. A lot of times I'd make a new friend. and like, oh, your mom's got an accent. And I'm like, no, she doesn't. Because I can't hear my mom's accent because she's my mom. Um, Mm. And even though she'd Mm -hmm. speak Spanish to her parents because they lived a town over from us until about the mid-'80s. And they went down to Hialeah, the Cuban community down there. Even though my grandfather was Syrian. That's a whole mixture of, a whole mixed lineage here. Um, I never really thought about it that way. I mean, I knew my mom spoke Spanish and was from another country. I was like, okay, cool, whatever. Um, and I and I think that I think even in the liberal northeast there were still probably some liberals who thought they were more enlightened than they really were. Um, you know, you can be mm. well-meaning in a very white town until you suddenly mm-hmm. live around other well, people.
4: This is the struggle. It's it's like um, um you know I'm aware I'm aware of where I grew up, and I have I have to become better than than that mindset. Um, Everybody that I grew up with believes they're not racist, believes they're not homophobic. They bloody well are. I think
2: we all, I think everybody has a little bit of that in them.
4: Everyone is. I know I am. I know I am. And I, we, I, I have to fix that. And I, and, and I'm begging everybody to search so deep inside their soul to fix these things that we've just, we've just been programmed to do this it's not yeah. it's not actually a natural thing. Our natural thing is to love. We've we've just been programmed all these all this weird horrid I don't want to swear. But yeah. you know what I mean. Like this this weird horrid stuff. It's just it's just, it's just what we've been programmed to do. It's not what is naturally within our gut. When you meet another human being. It's a wonderful experience. Why have we been told that it's not? You know, if they look slightly different to you, why have we been told that that is not a great experience? Why, it's not. It's not right. It's not. And you're
2: right. a kid, I and mean, when you start off as a kid, though, you don't necessarily think about those things. And of course, it's the influence of other adults and society. At the same time, I always think that children are jerks. Because when they get put in that pressure cooker environment, they just naturally start to do the things that adults do. Except that you can teach people not to do that. Um, it depends on what kind of guidance that they have.
4: Well, that goes back. That goes back to what I was saying about teaching and my teaching role. You know, children and teenagers are sponges, and your every single word influences their life, whether you oh, yeah. know it or not. Um, Whether you're meeting a teenager in a shop and having a chance encounter with them. Those words can change their life. And if every adult realized that, the world will be a better place. Um, We need to nurture our children and our teenagers better (laughs) I can't stress that enough like like, seriously we're like don't ingrain them with all this weird anti-social racist homophobic stuff that we've got going on our brains raise them without it because it's not needed it's not needed at all
2: did you ever see the musical the Broadway musical Avenue Q I'm pretty sure it made it to the West End at some point
4: um i've i've seen snippets i haven't actually seen the okay, whole so thing so it was I, sadly um it's on, it on my bucket list um so yes. I and know, because I'm there's a
2: great know. song in it called we're all a little bit racist sometimes and oh, so you have to
4: yeah I I, I I i yeah i do know
2: that song yeah <laughs> and it's when we're growing up we don't know any better i'm sure i said stupid things as a kid you know and The problem now, of course, with this kind of culture of shame we have is there are certain people that I think deserve to be called out. The Harvey Weinsteins of the world, you know, then there's other people who, you know, you can't judge everybody for saying when you're 12 or 15 years old, you're going to do something regrettable and stupid. Unless it's something truly horrific, you have to at least assume that people can grow, which is a, a, a fault in the liberal side. The fault in the conservative side is not wanting to grow, which is my problem with a lot of Republicans is they don't want to grow. They don't want to acknowledge that we've changed. And yet at the same time, you also, on the other side, I'll have a lot of Democrats that are, and and, and liberals. They want to be very woke about stuff. And that's great, except that when you take it too far and you attack everybody for everything, there's no chance to grow. I was thinking about Morgan Wallen, that country singer. Now, I brought this up in another podcast. I mean, he's a jackass. I mean, he was supposed to be on Saturday Night Live. He broke the COVID protocols. And then, to use the N-word. Now, he also acknowledged, he said to his fans, don't defend me. I'll give him I will not give him a pass, but I will give him an opportunity to rectify that he's 27 years old. He's not that old. However, he does something stupid again. And I'm like, okay, this guy just really is an idiot. You know, you can you can you can have people that have learned a certain way and then suddenly go, oh, there's a world out there I didn't know about. When I went to NYU after growing up in suburban Massachusetts, I realized how white my town really was because I'm like, wow, I'm at film school. I'm rubbing elbows with everybody. And that's another issue. Is people you get exposed to people on the road, but a lot of the people that you meet haven't left the area that they grew up. And I'm sure it's the same in England.
4: Well, I mean, I mean, you say that, but the the, the thing that shocked me really greatly is the amount of Ma- Americans that don't have a passport. Yeah. Um, to travel the world, you can travel in America, sure, 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 but but to travel the world. I think maybe growing up on this little island, because everybody has a passport to go because they want to get off this little island and go and see the world. Yeah, that tunnel to France. Um, <laughs> I,
2: <laughs> you can at least get there by car.
4: Uh, well, we can't go to France at the moment because that's a red zone for the COVID.
2: Well, under normal
4: circumstances. Um, and, and, and 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 also Brexit. I don't know what the heck is going on there. Oh, but anyway, there's a lot. <laughs> oh God, we don't we don't. That's a whole nother rabbit hole yeah, yeah. we don't want to go down. But. You know, it's, I feel like there are pockets in America that I'm, I'm, I, I absolutely adore the fact that they are still in this, like, almost like a time warp.
2: Yeah.
4: I love, I, I adore it. They haven't changed. I, a, no,
2: I'll tell you something. There's a chart. But, but
4: but 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 the world does move yeah. on, and we um, and and for the next generation, if you know, if there is a child growing up in that community that is trans, bisexual, gay, half gay, bit gay. Oh no, there's so many variants. Like oh, you know, they can't be themselves. You know, we have to help those communities. We have to change the world.
2: Well, I mean, there's a, there's a charm to Main Street in small town America. I mean, when I go to small towns, it is it's sort of like some things don't change. I do when I do these movie commentaries, I research the towns they were shot in. I'm like, wow, that building is still there, and it literally has not changed, and no one may have even used it in the last thirty years. I'm like, wow, and it is cool. And at the same time, yes, it is kind of weird. I'm sure the same thing in Europe. I mean, look, even in Manhattan, let's be honest, there are people that live in neighborhoods in Manhattan, in Brooklyn, in Queens, that barely go outside their neighborhoods. They're no different than living in a small town, in my opinion.
4: And there are people in England that live in the little country villages that no black people are there, no gays are there. Oh, we're okay. We play our croquet and our cricket Uh. and we... Do the swears it's like, oh, come on, <laughs> come on. Well, what are what
2: are your what are your conver- what are your conversations <laughs> with fans like? Do you have? I, I mean, I'm sure you have some fans that maybe have you ever had any fans come out to you? Um, I
4: I've, I've, yeah, I, 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 I yeah, ish. I don't think they would ever like make it their point to like, oh, I'm meeting Haley today. So, no, but I'm gonna, I guess so maybe out. or maybe in the sense uh, that. They, they, they maybe express like uh, certain struggles that they have um, with 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 who they are in the community um, and 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 struggling with uh, how they present themselves and what well, they're to reaching do out to you and and there's only so much. As I said to you earlier, there's uh, I, I I choose my words very carefully because we are also in a time where hell, I could get sued for anything. Um, or somebody could uh, go, hit social media and say, Hayley said this, and and, and, and and a whole backlash. So, you know, obviously I have to protect myself as well, but I, am, I, I, I try very hard to reach out to, whenever somebody reaches out to me, to let them know that I get it, I understand. Um, and I look them in the eyes no they no really i do get it i'm here you will get through this if you are really 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 struggling please reach out and get help and you can reach out to me i will message you back um but i have to choose my word i can't say anything to influencing
2: it's strange because you know
4: you know what i mean because 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 it's, 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 not, it's not right for me to potentially change the course for somebody's life, but I'm here. I will listen, and I, I want those people to know that they're not on their own, because they're not. Somebody has gone through this before you. Somebody is going through it at the same time as you, and somebody will go through it next week as well. And we all have to band together, um, but I'm not going to influence you. In your decisions because they have to come from you
2: it's it's sad though when you make that comment because in a way you know here you are you have an ability to be i mean being influential it's a certain thing like i i've never been in that i've been in the position of maybe i, I know i've gotten but in my life the only thing i really think is i've given people dating advice but they're people closer to my age although the one time i remember i was i was having lunch with a publicist in la and he was gay and he was dating an older man and the older man was a little neurotic and had issues, and I related it to somebody I dated earlier. I'm straight, but I was like, I gave him the same advice, you know, it didn't really matter as far as gender orientation. And he came back to me, so later on, like a couple, like a month later, I said, Give him three months. I said, If three months, he says he's going to change, he doesn't change, it ain't happening. And you know, I move on. A month later, I talked to him, I was like, Oh, yeah, no, I dumped him, it was ridiculous. Like he was getting really possessed. I'm like, I can give dating advice to anybody because <laughs> it, it doesn't really matter underneath. And I think maybe that's something that a lot of straight people who are homophobic don't understand is that, you know, regardless of gender orientation there's a lot of things that are basically the same from relationship to relationship it doesn't matter whether you're straight gay bi trans whatever there are basic human emotions Mm. that come through that you should be able to relate Mm. to regardless
4: yeah i mean i think i think from from my experiences um i'm um predominantly known as a female um i Present myself as a female, um, but I, there's a, there's a huge part of me that feels I should have been born a man. Hmm. Uh, and, and now we're, 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 we're touching on the subject of me being in a band with a bunch of men and, and me being the gay yeah. female. And it works. It works because there is a, uh, if I close my eyes, I'm neither male or female. So, if I'm in a band with a bunch of men, I'm the same as them. If I'm in a band with a bunch of females, I'm the same as them. Uh, like it, 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 it's it's. So
2: you're one of the boys um, or one of the girls. It the, doesn't really matter.
4: Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm predominantly more towards the the masculine side. But my uh I don't know, the way I present myself is more towards the feminine side. Um and, and maybe that was that was a choice I made for my career. Mm. I'll hold my hand up to that. Um if I didn't have um my drumming ability and I was doing a different job, I may have made the transition to a man. Mm. But I felt like the, the, the cause for fighting for female rights, I didn't I didn't want females to be seen as this novelty thing. I wanted to get really good at drums and prove the frickin' rod wrong. Um, I kept long hair. I didn't get loads of tattoos. I didn't shave my head. I, you know, I kept quite feminine to prove a frickin' point. And that was really uncomfortable for me for a long time. Um, I To buy makeup for me was, was a real struggle. If I walk into a, a shop to buy makeup, I still feel uncomfortable if I'm standing in a makeup section. I feel like I shouldn't be there. Ah. Just like as a man, uh, if you stand in a makeup section, you're just like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Oh, oh there's a the mascara. Oh, oh there it <laughs> is. Uh, 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 oh, what? what Oh, my God, oh God there's 500 lipsticks? What the heck? And that's me failing to try to ever know. buy
2: makeup for any girlfriend I've ever had, so I just don't bother. I have no clue.
4: And then, and, you, know, and then and, you know, so, so I, I felt that. Um, and, you know, and then female underwear or female time of the month products, I still struggle every time. Every time I have to walk into a shop and be in that section, it just doesn't feel right. So there's that side of me that's very, very masculine, but my career looks very feminine. Um, but it was it was a definite choice I made, and and maybe that's a sign of the times. And I hope down the line that, that that girls don't necessarily have to make that choice.
2: Well, the whole gender fluidity thing is becoming more commonly discussed. I mean, I have friends who are parents, and they, they have uh, I think they both have daughters. Um, they they they've chosen yeah, names, they've I, chosen I, I, names that are neutral that could work for either, which is interesting. And the parents are like, okay, that's what you want to do. Um, yeah. and I think what has to happen is you have to just be exposed to things. I remember the first friend that came out to me. It was at, at school, it was freshman year, and we were just hanging out in my bedroom chatting, and he came out and we were talking about stuff. I and I think over time, as I, I just had more gay friends, and then like my favorite singer, he's gay than like one of my, my, my mentors, and as far as writing, he's gay. Uh, The first woman I fell in madly in love with ended up being gay. It's hard for me to actually have Mm. any issues with that because all these people had a massive influence on my life. So that's Mm. something that people just don't think about. It's trying to educate people who maybe just don't understand. And you just have to have people in your life to go, okay, like I have a high school friend who changed from being a, a woman to a man. And I didn't know her well at high school, but I remember her. She was nice. We just never connected on anything, and it. And I haven't. I haven't seen him since high school, but I've watched his transition. And even as a, I think as a straight guy initially, it's like, oh, this is unusual because I didn't have any friends who had transitioned. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, just sister, another dude. And he's very funny. Puts up a lot of really has a lot of really funny memes and political stuff. are on the same side. And I'm like, that's just what it is. It's a gradual thing.
4: No, it's it's really refreshing to actually have an interview like this because. You know, um, obviously, a lot of interviews I do are either about my like, drumming, or they're about poppy, whatever's coming up with pop evil. But it's actually rather nice to talk about um, what goes behind all of that, um, because this is what uh, before I walk on stage, this is everything that goes on in my head. Ultimately, um, how I present myself under a massive ton of lights in front of thousands of people. This is the journey. Yeah. But to do that, I have to be okay with myself.
2: To be clear, I mean, I think there are a lot of metalheads who are, who, who get it. I mean, I don't think that all metalheads are like these angry conservatives. I mean, I think there's, and I think there are no, a lot, there's moderately conservative, some that are moderately liberal, but the metal world has this macho thing I guess it's. I'm curious as to your thoughts as to how to how we. I guess we need to figure out how to reach out to people. Like, how do you how do you reach out to the people you know, who don't are just afraid of that you know, whole you know, anything different? I mean, it, that's that's the thing.
4: It's really hard. It's it's really hard. But you know what? I think um, accountability. Right. If 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 more people understood yeah. accountability, um, and actually being able to. Hold your hands up when you're wrong, but also try not to be wrong. like, be more open minded to maybe not yep. go wrong. Just think of other people's feelings. And if you do offend someone, don't go on the defensive. Like, just hold your hand up and say, My bad, I got it wrong. Yeah. Because ultimately, that's all we need. Like, I don't need somebody to completely understand me all the time, but if they do say something that has touched a nerve with me, if they could just look me in the eye and go, "I didn't realize, I didn't realize that was wrong. My bad." Accountability. Um, If we can teach the next generation to be like that, it's okay to say something wrong if you don't understand what you were getting into but just to be able to own it and say oh man I didn't realize I said something wrong help me not do it wrong again because we're so programmed to be like on the offensive all the time or defensive let's say Um, and if we can just help people not be like that be more open to I got it wrong.
2: And I think also, I think this also applies to woke culture, not always criticizing people. I think there's certain people who deserve to be criticized for sure. But I do think that there's a time when you cannot jump down everybody's throat. And I I know it has to be really hard, especially in America this last couple of years with family, because there's some Mm -hmm. things and there's some battles you just can't fight. There are just some battles that you're not going. I mean, I've had a couple of people talk to me about relatives that have gone off the deep end into the government conspiracy or, you know, the COVID's a hoax kind of a thing. And you can't, you have to walk away at a certain point. There's some people you have to walk away from because it's, Some
4: people, but they get they get their opinions and then they will not back down, no. even though no. they know they're wrong. And because they are, it's it's worse to say, my bad, I was wrong. You train people to just go, it's not wrong. It's, it's, it's okay to be wrong. You don't- No, it is. Don't- on to that. And I can,
2: I can understand from a conservative point of view, for example, like even when the gender fluidity thing started coming up, even I was a little confused by it because it wasn't just gender fluidity. It was like people were coming up with
4: confused by it. I'm people
2: confused coming up with new terms it. for it. And I'm like, okay, I think someone put up, there's a, I think it was like a Twitter account, like tweets of God or something like that. And they said, well, ultimately the labels matter or is the pronoun that everyone wants to use? I simply put,
4: there's, there's things that I've said in this interview that if if it word for word were published on the internet, somebody would pick it apart and probably come at me for something I said wrong. Yeah. And I would sit here and go, okay, I'm being educated now. I will endeavor not to say that again, my bad. I got it wrong. Or, you know, or if, you know, at least like sit there and think about it. That's what I want the world to get like. like.
2: And people need to be open on both sides to having that dialogue too.
4: Absolutely.
2: And I think that, that is something I've had people say, things. I've had liberals criticize me. And I said, that's fine. But if it's done with the same vitriol as someone who's conservative criticize me, if you're both having the same anger, you're not helping. I've actually stopped having as many political arguments on Facebook. I've also I've discovered a great function on Facebook where you don't let certain people see certain posts. So if you know that certain people are just going to be assholes about it, then you just don't let them see the post because you're going to have the same argument. And it was always the people that I didn't know well or don't know in real life that are the ones that start the biggest fights.
4: Mm. And I I have to say there is a culture. um, This is something else that upsets me um, greatly. There is a culture of young people growing up that just spew a whole load of stuff onto comments. They – bitch about people slag people off without knowing the whole story and it is so detrimental to their career their souls yeah these people have to read these comments and and this 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 whole not not being accountable
2: yeah
4: for your actions or your words is really bugging me because i put a lot of thought into every word I put on, on on my social media, every word I say to my students, every word I say to young people I meet on the street, every word I say to young people in my family.
2: Because you know you're going to be held accountable and most people don't think that way.
4: Right. And I want to make sure that the next generation that is growing up with this social media thing, where it's like, oh, you shut down your laptop, you shut down your phone, go, and it's... Whatever you, it wasn't really you. It was just, it was just your profile or, or some fake profile. Your there,
2: alter ego, <laughs> and,
4: and, and, and that upsets me. Then that scares me. It really does, and, and and for the next generation growing up, I'm very, very scared for, because it is an awful. It's like uh, things that were said in the playground for us. And now said online, and then other people join in, and it's awful, awful. And um, we need to, we really need to nip it in the bud and and help people be accountable for their actions.
2: I mean, what you're talking about, about the fact that you have to be careful about what you say, I think this is the thing. It's, it's, the, it's the lawyers, it's the legal system. It's being, yes, there's a certain amount of being held accountable, and then there's the, we're going to make some money off of pretending that you're supposed to be accountable, that screws everything up, and it makes me think about rock stars, because I was thinking about this before I was going to do the interview with you. I think one of the problems that rock bands have now is you can't offend anybody. I think we need a band to come along that's going to offend everybody. I want to see a band that just doesn't give a shit and is going to offend everybody. They don't care, <laughs> because we we kind of need that at this point, where like someone says they're going to say the truth, whether people on either side of the aisle like it or not. They're just going to say it um possibly
4: um i think i think in the um, 60s 70s 80s they would have been able to uh, hold on to their career yeah in this particular day and age their career will be over overnight
2: well you guys have a lot of songs that basically walk the line you choose to not reveal the political alignment of the band or the band members but you address the divisionism that's going on the last couple records has been songs like Mm. that like a crime to remember where even the video obviously talks about people who are seeking to make statements about serious issues but not identifying those issues saying we have this problem of this gap that's going on
4: that was that that particular video um without going into major detail but that was divisive in the band that video concept was very divisive within the band that's interesting um You know, we we that's that's one thing I really actually quite like about pop evil, is that we are very different people. We we meet on stage and we meet in music. Right. We gel in music, but in our personal lives, we're actually we have we're very different backgrounds and very different viewpoints on things. Um, and I think that that's a wholesome thing. The fact that we deeply love each other and we we get over our differences yeah that gives me hope because and, uh, and, and some of our differences are so extreme um i mean i'm from england guys are from america we have very different views on extreme subjects let's say
2: yeah
4: and we totally disagree but yet we hang out with each other and look after each other and nurture each other and love each other. And if that can happen on a tour bus, there's, there's, I mean, yeah. you're living in a place that's smaller than your living room. If that can happen there, then surely the human race can make that happen in the world. It, you know it, we are all different we have very different opinions on things but we can work together in a loving environment do you get me
2: i do yeah.
4: I, I, I don't i don't have to agree with you no no all the time. i can totally disagree with you but i will give you a hug and we will have a cup of tea or we'll have a beer yeah or we'll go on stage together Or we'll go and get we'll go down to the cafe at the end of the road and go and have a lovely lunch together. And it's great. But we're totally different. And that is okay.
2: Well, I think that I think the hardest part for Americans is that the the divisionism got so extreme and so ugly and the conspiracy theorists and all the QAnon stuff. You get to a point where.
4: But the only way it's going to heal is to be with each other. And you, you kind of have to agree to disagree, but be open-minded to each other's voice.
2: Well, I think that's been the hardest part. And I think it's, it's also disconnecting from a lot of this digital world, this virtual world, and going out in the world. That, I think, has been the biggest problem. And I've noticed with a lot of millennials, a lot of them have a hard time. Not all of them, but there's some that you can tell, like you go to a store and someone's working there. And they don't know how to look you in the eye because they look at their phone because they're not used to having that interaction. There's a whole generation there where the millennials are more progressive than we are, but yet in some other things, they're almost regressive because, you know. But when, it, we,
4: but, 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 but when we were that age, we weren't necessarily looking at our phones, but we were looking at the floor. That's a good point. We still weren't interacting, and and, and that is an age thing. Um, I think as you get older, you engage more with, pe- with people because...
2: Well, that's the hope, yeah. I think some people, your culture is different than ours. We have a culture of, of, we talk a good game about being an individual, but we don't really practice what we preach. There's a lot of conformity in this country. So you're, oh, I, I think about, I, I think I was talking
4: you, you were told to tell everybody, have a nice day for a start.
2: <laughs> have a terrible uh, day.
4: <laughs> you know, and, and, and we're, we're not told to do that. Um, you know, so for
2: some people it feels sincere, but for a lot of it's insincere. I remember I, w- I had a friend who uh, was a musician who was in high school, and somebody sneezed. He went, "God damn you!" Like in a low voice, just to be funny, <laughs> and everyone laughed because they got the joke. And I, I'm like, that's the thing. It, it it does feel. I mean, I said I hung out a lot in goth clubs, and I and I, I have to say that like when you have certain cultures like that, it's still whether you're in a goth club, whether like you're at a glam band, you're a drag queen, whatever. Whether you're doing something where you're looking different than other people. Mm-hmm. That's still it's 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 that's harder to do. You still have to be a certain have a certain amount of bravery because there's always going to be somebody who's going to give you a hard time for it. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. And so I respect the fact that people, you know, make that make that effort. I mean I've kind of blended into different scenes without actually adopting the uniform or the guys, so to speak. Um, I don't know how kids are like today. I mean when I was growing up, presumably when you were growing up, you had like your goths, your punks, your metalheads, your kids were into pop music. You had you had different types, you had the nerds, the jocks. I'm kind of curious how that plays out now. Mm, if that kind I of you know Yeah,
4: I, I, I don't, that's something that I've thought about as well. Um I don't think it's um I don't think it's as divided as that anymore um well, it doesn't have that be still, divided
2: it was just an yeah, identity but, and for me oh but,
4: yeah oh yeah but absolutely. for some people it
2: was divisionism when, it was. I, when I
4: say divided i mean like like the, the groups um, oh, yeah 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 um but i i don't know i don't know um, i i did some work in a high school recently and um i wanted to go in and like see the same sort of groups that i saw when i was at high school but i didn't i, I yeah. saw them more unified actually um, which kind of gave me a bit of hope.
2: <laughs> One final thing I wanted to ask you, are there any organizations that you're involved with or that you recommend for people dealing with women's rights or gay rights, human rights, things that are important to you?
4: Um, I will send you a link after this. Um, I've just started um, a program for people with, with mental health. Um, oh, really? Specifically self-harming. Um a, a program of drumming. It's like, it's going to be an eight week program. Okay. Come, on out, come and see me. And um, we talk, we, we go through movements of drumming and how um, that can be a focus point to, to, to take you away from doing other stuff, basically. Um, and this program, there, there'll be me and um, a trained counselor okay. on hand. So me and a counselor, and we're, we're, we're learning drums. We're having fun, but we're also just, 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 just thinking about like how awesome the movements are in our body and how it makes us feel. Um, And I know it sounds pretty hippified. Um, but when does it start? Uh, it's starting in the next few weeks. Um, I don't have the exact details right now, but, um, I'm very, very excited about this. Yeah. I'm I'm not trying to like solve everybody's problems. I'm just trying to offer up a different focus and just like it's it's kinda nice to like hit stuff and play stuff and if you focus on the movements in your hands it it it's kind of hypnotic and therapeutic. So I'm I'm kind of I'm looking at drums in a very uh different way. I play drums for a career. Yeah. I play drums for songs but there are also elements of of playing drums that it's it's like i don't know kids get fidget spinners and all sort of distractions some people smoke, some people do this you know there there are there are movements in drumming that are awesome and it feels really good and it releases really good stuff in your body so if you're not if you don't want to go to the gym, <laughs> get your gym <laughs> outfit on, if you feel a bit self-conscious about the gym, if yeah. you, feel, you, know, you don't want to go to freaking AA or self-help or all those groups, you know, there's, there's, there's other stuff you can do to bring another focus into your life and bring positivity. Um, so I'm hoping that this drumming stuff will will have a positive influence on, on some people. I know I'm not going to heal everyone, but, um, you know, if I reach out to at least one or two people in the group, then... I've done something. Yeah, so,
2: that's cool. Yeah. Well, Haley, it was great to chat with you. I, what a, what a, it was awesome.
4: <laughs> had fun- As I, said, I, I could speak to you like for a week. Um, so please stay in touch. Please do. Yeah. Uh, you're New Jersey, right?
2: Uh, Long, oh, Island. Like, Long Island. Long Island. So hopefully we'll yeah, see yeah. you guys. I don't, I don't know when we're going to see you guys next.
4: I know, right? But I tell you what, when I when I do get there, oh, I I want to go out for coffee. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so- well, thank you.
4: Thank you for your time. Oh my gosh, an hour and a half! Thank you for an hour and a half of your time. Oh,
2: likewise. This is why I love my job. This is why. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, I can't do this if I'm sitting doing nine to five and I finish my amaretto. <laughs> exactly. It's time for lunch. This is my lunch time, by the way.
4: It's uh, it's it. it I, I I've got one more meeting to go, and oh then oh my god, uh, then it's my bedtime.
2: Another interview. Did we? Did we go over? Oops.
4: Oh, we did go a little bit over. No, it's only a meeting with my management. It's fine.
3: Oh, the hell. <laughs> All right. Cool, cool, cool. Thank All right. Night,
4: night. Bye bye. Have a great day. A great day. Take too. care. Bye-bye.
3: Bye bye. Bye bye. That wraps up the latest Side Jams. Please join me for the next episode, which will feature Butcher Babies vocalist, Carla Harvey. As always, my theme music comes from Fox and the Law, licensed through AudioSocket. Thank you very much for listening and for your support.